Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the One Year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is February 25th, and our reading comes from Mark chapter 7. Beginning in verse 24, Mark says this, Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre. He didn't want anyone to know which house he was staying in, but he couldn't keep it a secret. Right away, a woman who had heard about him came and fell at his feet. Her little girl was possessed by an evil spirit, and she begged him to cast out the demon from her daughter. Just imagine if Jesus became so real in our hearts and in our church community that literally we couldn't keep people away. Imagine if we were trying to have church, but we wanted it to be a secret. And when we got here, there was a line outside and people wanted to get in. Well, that's true because when people got with Jesus, he was a source of healing. Now, one of the things that we've talked a little bit about is it's our pain in this story. It's this woman's suffering that drives her to Jesus. But it's also true. Jesus doesn't just want to go around doing a healing ministry. He didn't come just to heal our bodies. He came to preach the good news, to establish the kingdom, to bridge the gap between us and God so that we would have new life and eternal life because in eternity, through our faith in Christ, our bodies are healed. We live in paradise and with Jesus forever. But it is also true that as we are with Jesus. And as we're becoming like Jesus, people should be drawn to us and want to be in our presence. They want to experience Jesus and they experience Jesus through you. Now, this woman comes and she's asking Jesus for help. It says here in verse 26, since she was a Gentile born in Syria, Jesus told her, First, I should feed the children, my own family, the Jews. It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to dogs. Well, she replied, that's true, Lord. But even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat the scraps from the children's plate. Good answer, he said. Now go home, for the demon has left your daughter. And when she arrived home, she found her little girl lying quietly in bed and the demon was gone. So God again responds to this woman's fate and heals her daughter. But in this exchange, he says this thing to this woman that for most of us is like, wow, was that was Jesus being rude? Was that ugly what he said to her? Here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus came first for the Jews. He came to be their king their Messiah. But they rejected him. He went to the cross and rose from the dead. And it's at Pentecost that all of a sudden the gospel is available to Jew and Gentile, right? It's it's like the gospel message and the mission of reaching the world is opened up to all the nations. Jesus has come to reclaim all the nations. But in this instance, Jesus says, it's not time yet. I'm here for the Jews. And he says, I can't give what belongs to the children, the Jews, the people who have a special relationship, covenant relationship with me. I can't give what belongs to them to dogs. Now, I think it is helpful to understand that the word is actually literally translated puppy. So it's something that is loved and cared for, but it's not a child. 
And I think that helps because, I mean, just look in America how we treat our puppies. Go on Facebook and type in puppies, right? I mean, people love their puppies, but hopefully we've not elevated them to the status of children. Jesus is not saying, I don't love the Gentiles. He's just saying that first I've come for the Jews. Well, her response just moves him because she recognizes her place. In fact, she says, that's true. I'm not a Jew. I'm a puppy. I'm on the outside. However, I'm just convinced when I look at you, Jesus, that you're here and that you have something for me. And that faith moves Jesus. In fact, I love this. Jesus says, remember, if you just have the faith of a mustard seed, just a little bit of faith, man, you can say to this mountain, be you removed and cast into the sea. What does he mean by a little bit of faith? Here's what he means. Enough faith to turn to me. If you just got a little bit of faith in the midst of your suffering, if you can find enough faith to lift your head and look to Jesus, that simple, tiny little faith to lift your head and turn to Jesus. Well, that's enough faith. And Jesus sees her faith that despite the fact that she's a Gentile and kind of on the outside, She comes to Jesus just believing based on what she's seen and what she's heard that Jesus is good and generous and compassionate. She has seen him and she believes, I know you have something for me, just a little bit of faith. And Jesus responds to her faith and heals her daughter. She goes home and finds her well. I love that. Now watch this, verse 31. Jesus left Tyre and went back to Saddam where he was going back to the Sea of Galilee in the region of Ten Towns, and a deaf man with a speech impediment was brought to him, and the people begged Jesus to lay his hands on the man to heal him. Well, Jesus led him away from the crowd so that he could be alone with that man. I love this. So the crowd brings a man who cannot hear or speak. And Jesus, the first thing he does, I love this, before he heals the man, He pulls the man aside to have this personal, private engagement. He doesn't want this man to be a freak show. This is not a circus. This is a ministry of love that is relationally driven. And Jesus wants this man to know that despite his infirmity, and you got to remember, in the first century, the, the general worldview is if you're deaf, and you're mute, then you are cursed by God. And what Jesus is showing him in this moment is, no, I love you, and I care for you personally, individually. I want to see you, and I want you to see me. He's interacting with this man in a very personal, compassionate way. I love it. So he pulls him aside, and then watch what he does. He spits on his fingers and touches the man's tongue. Looking up to heaven, he sighs, and he Actually, I skipped a part. He put his fingers in the man's ear. And then he looks up to heaven and he prays, be open. And instantly the man could hear perfectly and his tongue was freed so that he could speak plainly. And Jesus told the crowd not to tell anybody. But the more he told them not to, they could not help but spread the news. They were completely amazed and said it again and again. Everything he does is wonderful. Even he makes the deaf to hear and gives speech 
to those who cannot speak. Not only does God want to heal our physical body, and ultimately one day when we have faith in Christ, we will all be completely healed. But he also wants to give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and he wants to give voice to those who have no voice. In other words, metaphorically speaking, God wants us to see what we don't see, to hear what we usually don't hear. And he wants to give voice to those who have no voice. Jesus wants us to see his love and to understand what it is that he's inviting us into, how to follow him. And then in verse 36, I love this. Jesus says, don't tell anybody else about me and they can't help it. They're telling everyone. Let me ask this question. Why is it in church today? If I tell everybody, go out this week and tell somebody about Jesus, why is it that most Christians won't? I'm convinced this is the problem. We've not seen Jesus yet. We love Jesus. We want to go to heaven. We're trying to learn to follow him. We want to obey and to be good. But as we are with Jesus, as we learn to take time every day, to be quiet, to settle our soul, to open our heart, to open God's word, to worship, to pray, as we're learning to cultivate this relationship, as we see Jesus more and more clearly, we cannot help but tell other people about him. You know, the truth is, we don't want to tell other people about religion. We don't want to tell other people about rules. We certainly can't use fear to try to manipulate other people into obeying Jesus or coming to church or any of those things. But if we see the glory of Jesus, I love how in John chapter one, he says, we saw him full of grace and truth. And when we see him, it changes everything. We can't help but tell other people about Jesus. And we see that in the story. And man, I pray that that's true for you. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for this word today. And I know that for so many people today, they are struggling. But the truth is, it's their pain, their suffering that has drawn them to you. And I pray that today you would give them faith, just a little faith, the faith of a mustard seed, enough faith to lift their head and look to you. And God, I know that that moves you, that our faith, our willingness to turn to you in our brokenness and our weakness, it just moves you with compassion. You want to begin acting on our behalf, and we trust you to do that, Lord. And God, I pray that you would open our eyes. Help us to see what we have not seen. Open our ears. Help us to hear your voice, to hear your invitation into an abundant life and to follow you. God, help us to be healed to have voice, to open our mouth, and to tell people about what Jesus has done for us. Help us to do it. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Well, I hope that encourages you today. Thanks for being with me again. And remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.